You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. time on the For the Lore podcast featuring Numenera, our four hardy scavengers, uh, artifact hunters, and reluctant residents of a town that might be a living thing, uh, awoke to hear, to feel, and hear a gigantic earthquake, see cables snap that connected a suspension bridge, jumped down into a dead and or dying forest that is used to help feed the people of the city of Nguyen, and then went off with a uh, with one of their own to do some more research into what is going on and what are these weird gases coming from this city. So this is how we're going to begin session two of the Numenera 5E mashup. Before I hand the reins over to you guys, is there anything... Um, that I am missing or that you want to uh, do before we head over to Podgol's apartment? No, I think I'm good here as Ruth. Okay. Um, if there's any conversation that happens, feel free to stop it. Otherwise, I'm just going to fast forward to uh, Podgol leading everybody back to his warehouse, gigantic, slightly abandoned apartment. What uh, Joe, what do we see when we enter Podgol's place? I mean, it's like in a collection of crap and like what looks like piles of garbage, but they're neatly stacked piles of garbage uh, because Podgol just like grabs anything that strikes his interest. Um, there's like half dilapidated shelves everywhere uh, filled with like little tinker toys and things that Podgol sort of built when he's been bored. Um, there's tables set up with like a bunch of the uh, lab equipment that he sort of liberated from the lab that he was grown in uh, when people stopped coming back and he decided to go into the world he thought it might be useful later so he just kind of you know took it with him uh, he has no clue what any of it does and it's kind of like placed onto the tables not really hooked up or anything like that uh, there's a bedroll off to one side with looks like a ton of cans of like beans just kind of strewn about the place uh, and what looks like a mechanical puppy that doesn't actually work but you know he, as he walks in he pets it anyway and you know waves everybody in does the mechanical puppy look like k9 from doctor who or is it like more along like boston dynamics you know k9 dog or more me, like boston dynamics robot. gotcha okay uh tell us the lab equipment like what what does it look like is it would a person from the 21st century say like oh that's clearly a microscope that's clearly a cyclotrometer that's clearly or is it like Weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that it's mostly like standard biological, like lab type stuff. So you have your centrifuges, your blood draw machines, you have your uh, electrospectrometers, you have your microscopes uh, of varying types, uh, things like that. Like it, it's nothing super weird. So gotcha. I mean, he couldn't exactly take the vat tanks with him. Well, I mean, he could have, but it would have been a little weird. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so you guys have samples uh, of gases and of anything else in that area. 
uh, that Rue jumped down into. And ex uh, so you can have samples of anything from like soil samples, uh, metal shavings, whatever. What kind of, what, what are you doing with all that stuff? Well, I'm not the sciencey one. So while they're figuring it out, Podgo will like go and build chairs real quickly and bring them over to the science table uh, so that people can sit while they're doing their sciencey thing. And then he's going to go flop in the bed and like eat beans while sitting watching everyone. Flop down on the bed roll. Yep. Oh, gotcha. I think, uh, oh, go ahead. I think in this case, uh, Rue isn't very scientific in that sense also, but she'll probably see the mechanical puppy and start playing with it. So she'd probably just completely go full-blown child, be distracted, and just start playing with the puppy. I love it. Actually, I was going to say Terrence is probably already at the puppy as well, checking it out and okay. asking Podgoal if it has ever worked and what its purpose is. And he's clearly interested in it as well. Uh, it, it has never worked, but um, its purpose is a dog. It, it's companionship. I think I might just need to find the right power source, perhaps, and uh, maybe then I can get it to work. But it's a good boy anyway, and I pet its head again. Terrence is going to very politely ask, would you mind if I work on it? Please be careful. Fluffy is a very delicate thing. So, Roger, you may have noticed that I rolled something from your character sheet. That, uh, I hope you don't mind. Um, but I just, just decided to see, like, given what Ter who Terrence is, like, he was probably going to want to play. He does have the requisite skill based on your character sheet. It's not completely the same, but it's close enough. Um, so, uh, Roger, you and Joe, like, need to decide, can decide, like, uh, Terrence can probably reactivate this uh, mechanical dog. How does this, how do you guys want this to happen? Okay, does Terrence know? So he's looking, he's analyzed it, and he's like, yeah, I know I can fix this. Or is it uh, maybe kind of deal? So in my brain, Podgul's gotten most of, like, the mechanical portions of it taken care of because that's sort of his specialty. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, mechanically, it's sound. Like, everything will function. He just doesn't understand how to power it because he has no magic ability whatsoever or no, like, weird super science-y type stuff. So he doesn't know how to fuel or power this thing. So I would think that maybe Terrence would be more along the lines of seeing that this thing is constructed. It, it looks like it's going to, it will function like all the pieces move like a body should move. It just doesn't have anything giving it a spark of life. Okay. And Marty, that role, was it good enough that Terrence will be able to fix it with what is in the lab? Or is this kind of one of those, once again, I can probably fix this because clearly everything else is working. Could I actually assist Terrence? Because I think I might have some tinker tools in my own. Kind I mean, of with all the crap that I have in here, you guys might be able to find something that you know about that would work for it that I don't. Because I just grab my, shiny object. Yeah, my thing isn't so much working with Pod with this because you've laid it all out. My thing is, Marty, that role, how good is that role? Am I, is that me saying, yeah, I can fix this immediately for you and then you have a dog? It is uh, a rousing success of a role so fair enough okay yeah. so um, however however i want to just before we get back into that uh ali make me a nature check real quick please as you start to scrounge around podgol's collection of neatly organized trash oh okay um so ali you're you're putting them up in 
over a level of difficulty, I think, uh, from just an S to another, which may not be in this edition anymore, but I don't care. Uh, you are giving them the opportunity to do it like at the next difficulty level. So there's extra success here. So you tell us what piece you find that Terrence is able to put in to activate Podgul's dog. Uh, I actually go to uh, kind of a dark corner of Podgul's apartment where uh, Rue isn't very visibly seen. And you see that she actually unscrews uh, a, a portion of her chest wood and you see her go through her dark wood core and pull out this like wheel cog and she's very specific about keeping it hidden and she she takes it puts it in her hands screws herself back up and then brings it over to help terrence put it into the puppy whoa i love the visual of that uh do me a favor take off like two hit points um just to showcase like you're a little a little dinged up from that so it's not a lot but it's like still mighty uncomfortable to take out a part of yourself motherfucker uh, you taking points away you better give her initiative on her next roll because that was awesome <laughs> it was awesome but awesome has consequences and we'll see what happens <laughs> um okay so then uh well she's gonna hand that to me I want to roll. You tell me what I need to roll so that if I can recognize what she's giving me or not. Doesn't mean I'll say anything, but I want to know if my if Terrence will recognize it. Okay, let me take a quick look. All right, so make me an Arcana check. It is going to be incredibly difficult. <laughs> You've never played D&D with Roger before. <laughs> Well, so what do you, what do you mean record, it's going to be incredibly difficult? Okay. That's amazing. Uh, listeners, you don't know. So uh, I'll go through the rules very quickly. Uh, Terrence, as rolled by me, rolled a 23 on the Arcana check to figure out how to reactivate Podgul's dog. Rue rolled a 22 to figure out that she has a component that would uh, activate uh, Podgul's dog. Roger then rolled a 25 to help identify the component piece from Rue. Now, uh, this is something, uh, Roger, that Jack has seen in his shop maybe once or twice, never for sale by anybody, and he's never sold something of it. However, he has seen it on the belt of very expensive, well-equipped, like, highfalutin adventurers uh, who have come to the town over the years. Um, you haven't seen them in a while, but you, this is where you recognize this. This is a part of, and you're able to put it out. Like this is from Rue's uh, biomechanical body. You know, this is from her. Okay. Like I'm going to make sense. If I can say, I would say Terrence knows, but he's going to keep it a secret from Jack. You won't show Jack what he's working on. Oh. Clearly, they are working on something far more important than a fucking dog. So I'm seeing this kind of, again, yeah, Terrence is older, matured than just the 15, but there's still those little quirks every once in a while where he's still, and adults are the same way, want to play with the puppy. So he's off playing with the puppy while Jack is working with Chris on uh, so the important stuff. So then while this happens, so then while this happens, Rue is going to give the piece to Terrence and kind of as, 
humanly as possible, which is difficult to do as a cyborg, she's going to put a finger to her lips, kind of like, shh, this is our little secret, and kind of give us like Ooh. a sly. No, he wasn't, he was going to just basically look at it as well, recognize what it is, and just kind of nod in an admiring way towards Rue and insert it into the puppy. So if this works and this thing comes alive, here's my thought process on it. I am a primal path of the totem berserker. I am specifically a path of the wolf. I need to create a totem that will follow me and basically be used to trigger my ability in combat to give my bonus to other people. If this works, I want this to become my totem. Fair enough. So the there's a couple of long seconds before um, there is a subtle change in the air. Maybe it's the smell of ozone. Uh, maybe it's the sound of, like a, of a spark, or maybe it just was something else. Uh, but the mechanical puppy is coming to life. Joe, this is your totem. You tell us what happens when the totem is brought to life, thanks in part to Terrence and Rue. So, I mean, it acts just like a puppy or dog would in most cases. It's got a little more feral, like, walk to it, though, um, because as you look closer at the face, you notice that it's not exactly carved like um, a pug or anything like that. It is carved like a wolf, uh, at least the features go. Um, and it sort of takes its first steps uh, and sort of recognizes, sort of almost like assessing the threat matrix until it sees me which i've already programmed it to properly like you know i've done my thing where it recognizes me as like oh yeah that's my that's my quote-unquote human um so it would take it'll take verbal and you know hand commands for me and stuff like that um but then it just acts like a normal dog after that and like you know says okay these people are okay and sort of rubs up against them and does normal puppy things or dog things. okay uh keep in mind if uh Joe has now got his totem. It is a real thing. It is alive thanks to the party. This is pretty awesome. Uh, if people want the puppy to do stuff, run it by Joe first. Uh, that way, he because he has ultimate veto power to make sure that nobody can be like, yeah, the dog likes me more. That's Joe's call, not anybody else's. Uh, sound like a fair, fair deal? Awesome. That works. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that people are now about to start playing fetch with the robot dog or like seeing what other tricks the robot wolf dog can do. Actually, I was going to ask Pud and say, do you think this thing would have the same tracking abilities as a regular dog? Because we've got things that maybe it can smell, get the scent of, and maybe lead us somewhere as well. Well, I look at both. I look at everybody. If I did my job right. Yes. Hopefully I did my job right. Prior to this, Chris was largely uninterested in the dog-related shenanigans. But upon hearing that the dog can be useful, you finally, like, notice him, like, turn and look at you guys and what's going on. Okay. So, yeah, what has Chris been doing? I was just about to ask. Like, so did he take the samples and start getting to work because everybody else is too busy looking at the dog? Or... Hey, 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 Jack was helping, too. Yeah, okay. no, Jack, Jack was with me while what Terrence was messing with. Yeah, because the, the way I look at it, uh, I don't deal too much in the actual science -y parts of things. Uh, that's what I have 
friends and that's very big air quotes contractors for <laughs> my, my specialty lies more in uh, taking whatever data they can find and you know, using that to, uh, to, to, to figure out where it came from, how it works, that sort of stuff. So yeah, my interest is definitely more uh, in just helping Jack uh, do the analysis part of it right now. Okay. So I will need a, a nature check from Chris and an arcana check from Jack as you begin as to this is called your activity while everybody else is with the dog i am not as good at dnd as everybody else so vince rolls like i do which is to say garbage uh and roger hopefully uh if we ever get into a combat situation you continue to roll this ball he rolled a 20 so what we see is vince um chris is looking at this stuff at the you failed the roll and you know you failed so why does Chris fail, and what did he fail working on? Uh, I'm going to leave it up to you to just decide which one of these, but I, I would say what we're looking at is either newer than like the typical uh, ancient tech that I've uh, examined in the past, or far, far older. So essentially, it's just not within my, my scope of study that I've gone through in my pursuits. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and Roger, Jack succeeds in this identification. What is exactly he examining? Like, what answers do you want? Well, it's, it, before we go that route, what samples did we actually bring back? Are they organic samples that were within the vines that were feeding the, well, the city? Or was there anything else that we snagged from there before we left? Because I know I had the readings as well from my thing, but that was pretty much it, correct? That's that's correct. What, but you tell me, like, because you guys could take samples of whatever. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me what you guys take. Like, there is enough there that you guys could take samples of all sorts of stuff from, like, um, the, uh, the organic material, like the vines and the leaves and the, berries that died on the vine literally soil samples to metal shavings to like um you could have even captured some of the gas that leaked out like i, I you you guys know the world better than your characters <laughs> know the world better than anybody else so yeah but we don't could, <laughs> yeah but, okay so that's why you just tell me okay what i'm thinking is that between the the samples that he got from his uh, when he did his scan, as well as whatever samples were retrieved from the, um, call them veins, whatever. If we use some of Pod's equipment that is along the lines of a microscope or whatever, and we look inside, are we able to devise whether what we're seeing is organic or bioorganic? And can we also tell if there is some sort of necrotic tissue or if there is any kind of biological virus or whatever else might be running through this city? Ooh, you know what? As they're doing this, Podgo will actually, uh, because he realizes that he is created, not born, will walk over and actually prick his finger and put it on a slide so that they have a base comparison something that is bioorganic and jack will look at him and say well things just got interesting okay so is that sanitary 
Meh, I'm clean. <laughs> All right, who's okay. rolling to uh, to compare the two, or is this still in the same old rolls? It's still in the same role. Like, I think that that makes the most sense, like adding to the flavor of what, what happened, right? So uh, here's what your tests are able to determine. The city itself, uh, so there are vines of uh, that, like, are in, uh, there's two kinds of vines, I should say. There's one that wraps around the inside, and then there's, like, the internal, like, vines or cabling. It's hard to tell what they were, um, before the earthquake and explosion, um, most of the city samples, uh, like uh, the metal itself, is partly organic in nature, in the sense that it grows, and not as in like nanites. But this is a series of like uh, you. It, the tests determine that it is alive and yet metallic. Secondly. Um, some of the vines carried, uh, power and nutrients that helped keep the other, you cannot find anywhere on earth sorts of berries. I'm assuming that there was the use of some sort of database or acknowledgement. Like these are what the berries that people pick and eat from the city because every, every suspension bridge has a green area like this and it helps feed the city. Um, they're unique, not just to Nguyen, not just to this part of the world called the Steadfast, but it looks like to the known world. This is not, that is, that sounds astounding, but considering that we don't know a lot of the known world, really, um, who knows? Maybe there's a part of Earth that has these kinds of things, but the, the nutrients and power flow and everything that kept the stuff alive is exotic and strange materials that just doesn't occur anywhere else in the land. Like there are orchards um, where these berries kind of grow, but these grow faster, replenish all the time. Um, and there's a wider variety here than there are in the orchards uh, closer towards a red cliff keep. So, um, the city has a, to recap, the city is biomechanical. The um, berries, the organic berries grew and the organic material grew and is so exotic that it can't exist anywhere other than this city. Not to throw a wrench in your little narrative there, but I'm far more concerned with his blood sample and knowing if it's the same bio-organic material as the sample that we took from the, the park and the, the bridge. So, um, his biology is that there's parts of Podgles genetics that is synthetic, that is, um, combinations that shouldn't exist, but do, um, and you can track some similarities. However, these are two totally different technologies. Uh, the reason why Chris's nature role fails is this, um, Podgles, uh, genetics is too new and the city is too old. Like, um, there's mention of the idea from some of the ruins that uh, Chris has examined of doing something like a podgol, um, but that's all apocryphal kind of texts from what, well, 
from the books and texts that you're able to find. Um, those same texts uh, reference a previous world uh, wherein cities were grown. So it's like, like failing the role confirms that like this is out of your span. So it would go the city, your people, Podgol, if that makes sense in terms of a millennia long timeline. Right. Like I, I, I've happened across like tales that I passed off as being too fanciful to be realistic of, you know, cities being grown and that, you know, the, those scientists are, or not those scientists, but scientists in later eras built upon that, that theory to later grow their own humanoid type, uh, experiments. But yeah, my, my, my exact, my, my field of study was not interested in that per se. So yeah, that I was, I see where you're going, but yeah, Chris is kind of just lost at the moment. It's like, he's just like, I thought that was fake. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, learning one day that, uh, you're a, you're a social, like you're a sociology major in college and you learn to discover that there was this thing called social psychology, which is kind of the same, but a little bit older in certain cases, regardless. Um, it's just kind of mind blowing. Okay, can we Maybe go back to the uh, the sample under the microscope, and can we tell whether or not whatever was killing this? Okay, first of all, can we tell if what was killing it was in fact a a virus of some sort? Is there anything that we can decipher from this these samples? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I'm going to give you guys one more. Um, you're because your role is uh, above a 25. So in my head, above a 25 is pretty great. Um, so uh, it's not like uh, there's a virus or some sort of foreign uh, infestation or problem that's uh, that blew stuff up. What killed the organic material like the berries and the other vines that the outside vines, what killed that was a lat was the severing and the damage of the internal vines and the po the power conduit and the exotic uh systems that fed those other so basically uh, they just starved materials. out that's why they died yeah they starved out in a matter of minutes okay well that's and so okay what i'll <laughs> what i want to know like and i'll ask jack like because obviously i don't know what the hell i'm looking at was the uh did the bridge breaking cause the plants to die or did the bridge break because the plants died? That second one. So the problem we have now, though, is this. If that little alcove died in minutes and its death caused part of the bridge to come apart, they're still not getting any nutrients to the bridge and yet it's still kind of repairing itself which leads you to wonder, is it siphoning off food from nutrients or whatever from elsewhere in the city, which is going to cause more problems in other parts of the city? Or is there some problem at the base of this nutrient system and it's either jammed up, broken, who the hell knows? And P that's Podgo what we will, need to know. Podgo will speak up a little bit. I think maybe we're asking the wrong question question 
I think the question is what came first, the earthquake or the nutrient drought? Okay, I was because we know that the bridge snapping and the the nutrients from the ground going away, that's that's a thing. We know that. But we also know that the city was super damaged. And we don't know if that was because of the earthquake and then, then the bridge snapping, and then maybe it pulled the nutrients from that, causing those buildings to be more brittle so that it could heal itself. Because isn't that what bodies do? And he points to his finger as it's like the wound is sealing itself. Like, or, or did it, the earthquake happen because of the nutrients going away? Okay. Narrator off out of character here. I was under the impression and I could have very easily have been wrong. I was under the impression that the earthquake was essentially those cables coming apart. And that's what kind of caused the rattling around and whatnot, because the bridge was moving and such. Is that not the case? We went to the there city was... where there was debris and damage, though. But yeah. he said it was mainly localized to that area, though. The So the new city, which is the city over the lake, as well as... Um, the part that's in uh, the, 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 the part that connects, it's in another land. Those two areas were damaged. What the chain of events were as follows. There was an explosion and then a rumbling um, and then an earthquake. So uh, what more, what, let's clarify that a little bit more. Um, does anybody remember it a little bit differently from the way we talked about it two weeks ago? No, that's pretty much how I remember it being explained. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what we know are as follows, that the adventure begins, there was an explosion, there was a rumbling, and then you guys got outside, saw the cables had snapped, and then the cables began to snake together towards to, like, repair itself. Um, and then, uh, but because the cables had snapped, a gas was released, and then, uh, like, that particular... Uh, green space died and went all the and the green space is, is seriously the length of the bridge um and it just the whole thing just quickly died uh, rue jumped down and got it so the explode there was an explosion and an earthquake um they are very very closely related um but you have a sensor of it and uh, i'm you know you have sensor readings of what happened. So I think you're able to very easily piece it together. Because, um, yes, you did run seismog. Uh, you used your tricorder that I that burned out on you. You did use that uh, for seismological activity, right? So the way this happened, you can piece together the following things. Um, the... Cables snapped um, bef shortly before there was an earthquake, um, but the earthquake was exacerbated by the the damage, like it, the shaking of the cable, like it damaged a whole bunch of other stuff and shook up the the road and shut the the like all the carriage systems that link the city together. They all shook because of it, um, and there was a quick power drain. Or well, as you can tell, the nutrient system died killing off the green space that is being pulled back and forth. So in other words, it went um, 
earthquake cable snap but so close it's hard to tell it was almost hard to tell but now you can basically piece it together um something snap the er, the snapping happened because of something else does it make sense sorry the dogs are going crazy so i'm having a hard time focusing on this particular question no you're fine master jack may i share a thought of course is it possible that the new city could be the trigger for the nutrients dying here? Explain what you mean, please. If we don't know that the nutrient system was dying and we're under the assumption that the earthquake was caused due to the nutrient system, is it possible that it can all be leading back to the new city and that power is being drained from here to help build there and renovate there? It's not a bad idea theory but are we assuming then that it's the problem with the nutrients that cause the earthquake and not the earthquake that screwed up that nutrient system well, Pago will, will step in a little bit again we're forgetting about the explosion part well it's either an explosion or a an earthquake the way that he's describing no, it, was, it kind of it was both when we interviewed the people they said that there was an explosion then the earthquake. Okay, do I we think, know where the explosion was exactly? I think I think that's what we need to find out. That's not a bad idea, because one way or another, it'll lead us to something that went wrong and more clues. We should probably uh, ask around and find out if maybe there's more gardens dying while we're at it. We might be able to use that to trace it back or triangulate where it occurred from, like almost like an epicenter. Yeah. Looking at Podgol, I'd ask... Do you think the explosion was man-made? Possible. I mean, humans do really dumb things often. It's entirely possible that somebody was doing something they shouldn't. But Chris, it's also, sorry. I was going to say, it's also possible, though, that it's just something that has been there forever that finally gave up the ghost. Chris, you are aware of both of these things. As a frequent artifact hunter... Uh, one artifact hunter pulls something that kills the rest of the ruin to the point where like you're in there and you see just the ruin give up the ghost. So you are well aware that that is both things are totally possible. The entire basis for my uh, morality is that humans are always doing stupid stuff. So yeah. Podgo would agree because he's not technically human. Oh man. I agree. And I'm technically human. So Oh, that's hilarious. Maybe maybe somebody pulled something from under the city that they shouldn't have then. You could see, like, Rue starts getting quiet, and she just immediately kind of shies away and goes back to playing with the dog. She doesn't want to hear about this now. I'm going to just put something out there. We don't yet know whether there was any malice behind this. This could be something that sure. was completely natural that went, but we should probably look into if anything is going on around town right now that is criminal in any way, if there's something going on. Because if so, it could certainly point to people taking advantage of this or a plan. Well, I'll turn to Chris and be like, well, you sort of know that scene better than any of us. There's probably a black market for artifacts, isn't there? And we can see if anything new is turned up on the market. Podgo will walk over and grab his giant battle axe and strap it to his back. And you see that what he's been doing while everybody's been talking is he's been tinkering with a bunch of random crap to make a dog collar 
that actually says Fluffy, and he walks over to the dog, puts it around Fluffy's neck. All right, well, I'm in. So Podgold does notice there's one thing. Where the remaining component was put in, there is a new patch that is the same, like a patch of metal uh, that is the same color as Rue's heartwood uh, and, and, and rosewood uh, exterior. So it's like a, a spot, if you will. So then without saying anything, if Rue's still like down playing with the dog, I'm assuming that's what Rue's doing. Yeah. Podgul will just walk up behind Rue and just very quietly give her a hug and like give her a kiss on the forehead and then let go and walk away and have the dog start following. That is, that's, if I could give, insp I'm giving you both inspiration for being incredibly sweet. Keep that in mind. You both are now inspired. Um, inspiration means you get to roll. The next roll will be with advantage if you choose to use your inspiration at that moment in time. Um, and I'm that is my reward to uh, 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 both Allie for the very creative use and for Joe's uh, very tender moment with Potgold. So, okay, Chris, where Terrence you know, flips you the fucking bird and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Chris he didn't knows where the best markets are right now um, and the legitimate market the really good legitimate market for city approved and like well researched non-harmful you know Numenera and, and other artifacts is the new city the city over the lake the shady stuff happens on the Droyolus side of the city. So there's a, it's a smaller part of town. Uh, it is called Lizard Town, part of it. Uh, not as a nod to Chris and your people, um, but it is kind of derogatory from the uh, old New Yen. Um, they used to call the people from Droyolus lizards uh, because they don't like them. So, Sorry. People are bigots even a billion years from now. Yeah, I, I hate the fucking place, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. They're, they're very, the people of new, people of uh, Old New Yen are very nice. They've never called you to Lizard. However, they always talk about Lizard Town and then look at you like, whoops. So. It's cool. I totally know a Lizard. Okay. So. At this point, because it was late in night when this happened, um, and it's been a couple of hours since you've done this, and it's uh, it's going to be dawn soon. Uh, did you guys just want to take a quick rest and then go, or just, you're still up, let's get this over with? I mean, Podgold doesn't have to sleep, so he's good with whatever. Gotcha. I'll uh, turn to Rue, and I'm sorry, what was the the hotel manager's name again? Oh, I should really know this. Um... I know we, I think I've got we an NPC list somewhere. We'll, yeah. We'll call her Helen for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think Helen's still got that pot of coffee on. I could use a little bit before we head out. If Podgul has the materials, I can make it for you, Master Critters. Oh, yeah. Podgul will just go diving into a pile and like pull out a bunch of shit for making an actual like coffee pot. So then without thinking, it's almost like second nature. We will get up and start making a pot of, of that uh, drink for um, 
pour him and she'll she'll try to brew it extra strong she'll actually you know whip out one of her utensils which looks kind of like a, a sieve or a drain but you could tell that she's just trying to do it to finally get out the grinds but she wants to keep it as fresh like darkly brewed as possible so it's as strong as she could well i guess it's uh better than nothing saves us a trip and i'll just like down a mug of it in one gulp I put four teaspoons, uh, four tablespoons in there, Master Kiskuthis. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> four tablespoons of what? Hmm. What does Oddcore have? I don't know. I think it's coffee. Maybe. I'm sure it's coffee, uh, but it's probably past its Way expiration old. date. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fear not, Master. I can. I. I easily took out all of the moldy pieces for you. Well, one way or another, I'm awake. Let's go. Okay. All right. So you're going to take the people to Lizard Town. Um, what do we see when we reach Lizard Town? Uh, I think when we get to Lizard Town, we see a number of perfectly legitimate businesses with very little patronage. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's the old, uh, yeah, walk into the cigar shop, say the password, and uh, the, the owner opens the, the back door to let you where you actually want to go. So that is the lizard town that Chris knows, but there are other parts. I'm assuming that you guys have, everybody has been somewhere in the city um, and has gotten to see every. Uh, lizard town does have a very large fortification um, on the north side uh that's directly in the city of Dreolus because that is the part that people are most afraid that uh, an army would come to retake this city. Uh, the mayor of Lizard Town is a gentleman named Dougal. Who, uh, his most distinguishing feature is that he's got a right arm made of black synth. Uh, Dougal is not a proprietor here. He's not into the underground, uh, the underground scene here. Uh, he is legitimately uh trying to be a good person in a very you know uh in a demilitarized zone let's put it that way okay uh so you go through the the uh oh it's a butcher shop um because sometimes when blood is spilled it's easy to hide in a butcher shop uh you go down there uh and there is, uh, it's not empty, but uh, people are uh, sitting uh, and a, let me phrase it this way. There are tables full of illicit goods, service, uh, goods, uh, notes for who can get you what kind of service. Um, and there are, you know, it's, 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 you go, it's kind of like a, it's like an antique mall, but for the black market. Right. Like you can go to a particular stall and get what you need. Um, and usually there are enforcers walking around, uh, burly people with big swords. Uh, some of them have uh, like miniature crossbows, whatever. Today, however, uh, very in the center of this um, illicit antique mall, basically, is uh, a tall, lanky, bald man who uh, everybody uh, let me put it this way who 
who in here would know the regular law enforcement? Not like you keep having run-ins with them, but that you would be able to say, like, I have talked to or been seen near or have, you know, just gotten to know somebody. Honestly, probably Podgul, because if this is the area of the city that is most feared would be uh, attacked in an attempt to retake, that's literally what he was grown for. So Podgul clearly knows who this person is. Is there anybody else that has, like, um, non-criminal connection to law enforcement? Well, not that it would be non-criminal, but Jack, again, is roguish and deals in black market stuff as well so he does the technical stuff and so he would have been going to this area of town and to the black market all the time and because he's not um like evil or anything like that he you know he might have had a few run-ins with the law but he'd also just chat with them if he sees any of them there or he'd know them from around town as well kind of thing not buddies but but not gotcha. enemies kind of thing. So the reason why you don't go to Dreolas, uh, to this part of Lizard Town, is because this is too shady for you. Um, however, if you're hunting for artifacts and you really want to find stuff, this is the part of town you go to. Hence, why Chris knows it, but Jack doesn't. Rue, how, how familiar is Rue with local law enforcement? She hides. <laughs> she just hides. She tries to find the closest cloth garment possible and drape it over herself. And Chris, what's your interaction with these guys? Uh, I, I think Chris has been interviewed once or twice, probably, but uh, never for anything he's done. Because, you know, when... When Chris is buying and selling, it can be passed off as legitimate research, even if the artifacts themselves aren't legitimate. So I, I think he's just kind of one of the, I don't want to say one of the usual suspects, but uh, maybe if an investigation that they're working on has hit a dead end, they're like, all right, let's 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 bring in Chris, see if he can uh, shed some light on what's been going on. So I, I while I have not been the subject of any of their... Uh, law keeping I, I i feel that i'm not exactly unknown to them either you sound like the coroner from law and order svu like that's exactly what i just thought <laughs> okay so very quickly law enforcement in new yen um is from old new yen uh where there aren't many jails and law enforcement people are typically referred to as mediators because their job is to investigate and mediate, uh, which is an old, 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 old tradition. However, if they need to get uh, do something a little bit more intensive, they often have, um, well, they have been known to have really strange and powerful items to protect them um, and get away to bring in actual city guard to take care of the issue. Uh, the person you guys, it sounds to me like you all would know who this person is, whether by name or by reputation. Uh, it is senior medi- uh, mediator fee. He is tall and lanky, uh, a balding black man with uh, on his belt are, uh, there is a, a 
just the hilt of a sword, but no actual sword that attaches to it. And then two other oddly shaped bits of synth. Uh, he is wearing a bright mustard colored top and bright and blue pants. Uh, there is a, um, a synth star uh, that is a belt buckle to indicate that he is a mediator. Uh, he turns to look at you guys and says, oh, you have saved me some trouble. I just kind of wave at him and like, oh, were you, did you want to meet Fluffy too? Um, no. And I, oh, okay. And I just pet Fluffy. Um, he doesn't look really comfortable. Like he's, he looks around. Uh, Rue, make me a stealth check. Can I use my inspiration now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may. Whew. Uh, clearly, uh, he goes like Fee locks eyes with everybody, um, and just scans right by you, Rue. Because last time you guys had a conversation, it did it wasn't a nice one. I'm getting um, just looks right by you. Uh, Fee just turns to everybody to rest of us all. It's like the operation is closed. Uh, this new land is under the jurisdiction of uh, Her Majesty. Actually, he wouldn't say Her Majesty, but of Her Grace. So, uh, Jack, Podgle, Chris, uh, let's have a quick conversation, shall we? Sure. And I just find a seat and sit down. What can I do for you? Because um, Podgle, Podgle has never done anything like outside of the law, so he doesn't care. He doesn't think of it. Uh, Fee does nod at Terrence, but it's Jack's anybody... going to actually wave to Terrence and say, "Go wait over there. I'll be there in a yeah. moment." Anybody who can, who wants to, or, or you, with a with a bare minimum, you don't have to have a lot of insight to see that Fee is not really comfortable around the mechanical. So, uh, Fee just uh does not see you at all, Rue. Not at all. But Fee says, look, we're all investigating uh, the earthquake as well as the cable snapping. It seems that someone stole an artifact underneath uh, the Theramore side of, the t of town. Uh, that's what seems to be the issue. We're trying to find that artifact. Otherwise... Who knows what's going to happen? We're going to have to change how people hunt for treasure uh, in this city uh, because we can't have stuff being damaged. So I will give uh, you lot and anyone you hire uh, the a grandfather you into whatever city law or policy or procedure that we come up with. You help us find this missing artifact and address whatever is going on underneath the city of New Yen, uh, you will be some of the only treasure hunters in town. How does that sound like? A, how does that sound? I look at Fee and I pull out the uh, the previous agreement that I had with the uh, constabulary. Sounds like it falls under our normal agreement. Yeah, we're going to be changing everyone's agreement. Um, mostly, we're going to have people enforce the agreements on the regular and well, start guarding the ruins out of character like this is something that i figure podgo would have already been about with them yeah totally like in in the past podgo's probably helped them track down a couple wayward uh 
relic hunters or you know people that are trying to do some ill-gotten goods that maybe they couldn't get their hands dirty with so podgo went and took care of it with a giant axe gotcha um the way fee is talking about it it's very clear that there's something coming changing how the people of nuyen deal with numenera of all types right um and he's not um if my tone didn't adequately describe it he's not coming across like do this or else but he's basically giving you guys the heads up that change is coming to the way that we allow people to work with and hunt and find a numera so he wants you guys to get on the gravy train while the getting is good Jux. so uh fee the words i'm hearing are government sponsored research grant i will talk to the viceroy and get you some sort of historical order of truth backed funding is that that work for you how much paperwork do i have to fill out you can sign your name on seven different sheets of paper well that's less than the last time i tried to apply for one. Oh, yeah and uh this is going to be a special benefit jack jack's gonna walk up to him and cock his thumb towards the dog and say we're gonna need to get the mud into the room where this artifact was stolen let him sniff around and we also need to do some some investigating in there to see what's going on i interrupt it has a name its name is fluffy please respect its its name can you get us in the room (laughs) yeah i'll let you and fluffy go do you work i'm gonna go uh corral some of the other people i just discovered discovered something else uh see what i can mediate um but uh fill me in by tomorrow uh, what you've discovered, and then we'll get the paperwork together so you can do that. We'll be nulling and voiding every other treasure hunter artifact until they go through a, a stricter process. Uh, uh, her um, her honor, the mayor, uh, Mayor Rackham, has decided that this is no longer tenable, having everyone willy-nilly in the guts of the city. So... Uh, you guys see Rue? Who? She stays in your uh, in your inn with rocks there. Uh, she doesn't stay in my room. I haven't seen her. Jack's going to shake his head. I've been busy with my dog. I'm in dark corner. <laughs> dark ass corner. I mean, if I see her, you know, I'll send her your way. All right. Uh, Fee looks at each of you in turn. Uh, again, skipping the location, like skipping over Terrence and then skipping over where Rue is as she does not, as he does not see her. Um, all right. Yeah, just send Rue our way. She can get in the same deal, but it. I still have some questions for her. Anyway, you lot feel free to start your investigation um we were going to come find you to give you commendations and praise for helping out when the earthquake happened but uh this is a little bit more important um 
and there's other small talk and banter and uh one of you guys gets the final word in uh because fee doesn't say much more after that he leaves fluffy comes in so uh, i feel this is in podgol's nature because he's sort of while he's chaotic that he's sort of like ernst while so he'll pull fee aside so that first of all so rue can get down there before fee turns his attention back uh, but away from the others and sort of tell him look i know how bad this is um tell the viceroy that it looks like certain areas are are pulling nutrients or energy from itself to heal the damage if we find this artifact i'm going to make sure it gets put right the fuck back where it was when you say that uh that it pulls artifacts and nutrients there is uh his face scrunches up like you said something that you're not supposed to uh like fee, fee knows I'm not stupid, but I, like, oh yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm keeping. I'm not saying shit to anybody, but you know me. I've worked with your people. I've trained your people. I'm not gonna let this fucking city fall. Uh, so Fee just stops and says, "Look, I'm assuming that the rest of your crew has this information too. They ain't gonna say shit to anybody. Keep it that way." Um. Not because, because if it comes from the mouths of the people who are known to hunt this, you know, treasures from old worlds, you're gonna have to talk to either the viceroy or Rackham herself. Well, I'm also not looking to start a war because if our city has got this, imagine word gets out that this is what fucking happens, and then you're gonna have city versus city, and I don't want that. Oh. That's the worry. Thanks, so, Podgo. Yep, and I just kind of shake his hand and trundle back towards the door. Okay, so upon uh, hearing this, I'm actually gonna like whisper over to Jack. He's like, ah. and here I thought I was gonna get published on this one. Yeah, no, you won't. Um, however, it will be sealed in a wooden box and placed in a, a warehouse full of other boxes uh that's just how how dangerous your paper is gonna anyway yeah I'll, uh, when i get back to the guys i'm gonna i'll turn to uh to roger and vince's character and be like yeah I'm, that was to cover your asses so don't say shit to anybody um whoever is investigating this room this is gonna be the last set of roles for the night uh give me what roles and what you're looking for or Tell me what you're looking for, and so I can help you clarify what the rules are going to be. That's so probably. my idea is if I'm using Fluffy as a tracker to find the basically the scent of whatever was pulled out of the area and to get a, an idea of where to go, um, it would be a survival check. But I'm looking at it as this would fall possibly under Artificer's lore because it is dealing with a magic item, alchemical object, or technological device uh, in which I can add twice my proficiency instead of my normal proficiency. So, starting here, you're going to have to figure, um, make the artificer roll. Let's simplify. Make that roll. Uh, no, then I'm going to use my thingy. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, uh, Joe rolled a seven. So it'll be a 15 instead. Okay. Good. Um, Jack, Rue, Chris, what rolls do you want to make? 
I want to know what was taken and what it does, because in so doing, we'll be able to figure out where it's going. And Jack will even say, odds are, even by now, if this isn't already in the hands of who was supposed to get it or whoever got somebody to steal it, it will be very, very soon. We we might not actually be confronting the robbers here so much as stealing the artifact back from the person who hired somebody to steal it. So we need to know why they want it. And knowing what the device is will help us figure out who would want it. Gotcha. Um, that seems like an investigation role, but if you have another role you would prefer to make, let me... You're the one that knows what you're doing. I will roll your. You want me to? I'll, you want me to roll? Oh, you can roll. Yeah, investigation. Yeah, that's a shit investigation. Give me back that twenty-six. Um, okay. So, uh, you find ledgers, um, and everyone writes their ledger in some weirder, like replacement code. Um, you can narrow it down to like which ones are like. Uh, fall in uh, would be in the time span of when someone would come to try to sell something very quickly um but you can't make high uh sense of which one it is um and also you're not really sure like yeah you know whose desk you pulled it from but you wouldn't necessarily know who to grab it from like who's there it's not like there's a picture saying you know john smith uh ran this illicit booth. Uh, Rue and Chris, what about you guys? I would like to see whoever stole the artifact, uh, if they left a signature of some sort behind with them. And I don't mean in the physical, like handwritten signature, but when somebody tries to do something, they have a tendency to leave a trademark signature for people to know it was them. I'm curious to see if I know who so you got to find either who stole it or the item first before you could do that. So, okay. uh, but, but can you rework that into something like, oh yeah, no. Um, I have an idea as to, I have an idea as to who it might be. There Is you there go. any way that I could determine it's that, it's that. Yeah. Like it's not a huge jump. Uh, oh, yeah, you should make uh, an insight check as you're like thinking about who could, who would be interested in this, and who would have the capability of doing something like this um, with a, you know, and and work with it that way. That's that's a perfectly legit way to investigate here. Oh, that would be in uh, insight. Oh, isn't that what I did? It is, but I had the wrong window open. Um. So that you, means you get to roll again. No. Yes. You have a number. You have a couple people in mind, um, but uh, too many to sort through, right? Like, yeah, you can think of the people, but you, this inve is an investigation where you're going to have to go to each one of them and then like put it together because there are a lot of people in the city who would probably want to pull this off. Chris, what about you? Well, I believe the angle I'm looking at this is that, like you said, 
I've seen this sort of thing before, just not on quite such a large scale that somebody fucked with something they shouldn't have messed with. And essentially like what's, what's their psychological mindset here? Like I have a feeling whoever was responsible for this knows they fucked up and is probably trying to figure out their next step. So I want to see if I can sort of determine what that next step would be and where we might want to focus our investigation. So I'm going to give you advantage on this role if you role play out a little bit of this of the questions. Not a lot because we're we're running low on time, but make an insight check with advantage. Talk with and role play it out with. So so with who? I'm sorry. Specifically, because Rue also just did the same thing. So if you can bounce it off of um, off of her and then expand it to other people, I will give you insight. Uh, excuse me, I'll give you the inspiration. So, um, yeah, humans are fucking idiots, basically. Uh, think about it this way. Let's say you got your hands on something really cool. But you knew you couldn't sell it yet. You're pretty sure that the mediators are keeping their eye on this place, which turns out they are. Where do you think... Would they be lying low? Would they be trying to hide? Maybe get out of town? What would be your next step? What if they were looking for the highest bidder. How fortified is this place? How hard a heist would this have actually been? Well, to pull something like this off, you would need people of your caliber, right? You'd need people familiar with the stuff. So, and if the person, if, if this person stole something and survived, because remember, whatever they did caused an explosion and an earthquake. If they survived, that would be a problem. Um, how fortified is it? Like there are parts of this of this city that um, you know from experience, like can take all sorts of weird accidents and don't even get scratched. Um, and you've lived in the city long enough, you know you were there for the Battle of Red Cliff Keep. There was some. There was like lightning bolts and just a uh, powerful Numenera on display that day. And there, there was no damage to the buildings, even though people were being disintegrated and people were dying left and right. So the city itself, pretty well fortified. But the ruins, if they're part of the city, would also be fairly well fortified. So my, th- my thought is, when we were talking about what's going to happen with this person or where they would go, if they're able to pull this job off, like you're saying, they have to be resourceful. They have to have some high caliber skill and they have to be not stupid, right? Like while people are stupid, they're not this person or people. This was calculated. I would be laying low, but I'd probably be still looking for the highest bidder, but I'd be going through a third party so that if the third party got picked up, it couldn't be traced back to me and I could still kind of evade the watchful eye of the mediators. So I think we start looking for runners and I've done my fair share of catching those assholes. 
We just have to find one that maybe is a little more nervous than than usual. And Chris, we will open next week with you telling us, or yeah, because it'll be next week. We'll open up next week with you telling us who is your suspect numero uno for this theft. So if you is there a is there a way you want to like leave us all hanging with a cliffhanger, um, where Chris is about to make the bigger. So we're looking at this the wrong way. City's a big place, lots of holes, lots of hideouts, lots of places that maybe even we don't know about. So we have to stop thinking about the city and start thinking about the people, just like Pod said. And I think I know just the guy we're looking for. And with that, we will reveal the name of who that person is uh, in our next. Uh, this has been uh, for the lore, the Numenera 5E mashup. Uh, my, my name is Marty. I've been the narrator slash DM slash GM slash guy improvising stuff on the fly. You can find me uh, at Officer Gleason on Twitter and also at uh, All Comics Considered. The host of the show uh, is Roger. You can find him at Zen Buddhist. Uh, Podgul is applied by the wonderful Loader ZJ. You find him on Twitter and also doing a whole bunch of stuff with other video games. Make sure you follow him on on whatever. What streaming channels are you on, Joe? I don't remember. Uh, it's Good Job Channel on Twitch. Good Job Channel, all one word. Speaking of of of, of streamers, Ali also known as Pizza Made on Twitter. Where can we find you on the? You could also find me at twitch.tv slash pizza made. And of course, uh, our our uh, cliffhanger uh, ends with Chris, uh, who is played by Sam Odin on Twitter. Vince, is there anything you want to leave us with before uh, we? No, I just love Dungeons and Dragons. And you heard it here first, everyone. Vince loves D&D. And until next week, uh, I don't know. Don't do anything stupid with ancient magical devices. <laughs> Don't act like a human. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.